All of us likely have memories of our favorite uh, books from childhood. And as a child, I cherished the Winnie the Pooh series uh, by A.A. A. Milne. How many of you liked the Winnie the Pooh series? M many of you did. Well, the other day, I uh, pulled one of the books off a shelf and read the story in which Piglet is entirely surrounded by water. Here's a short summary, if you don't remember. One day in the Hundred Acre Wood, it began to rain. It rained and it rained and it rained and it rained and it rained for days on end. And Piglet was at home in his tree as the water continued to rise. And as it rose, Piglet wondered how his friends were doing in the Hundred Acre Wood. And when the rain did not stop, Piglet worried aloud that the water might rise high enough to reach his bed. Piglet then said to himself, I'm a little anxious to be a very small animal surrounded by water, and I can't do anything. Well, after some deliberation, Piglet decided to put a note in a bottle that read, It's me, Piglet, help, help. And as the story goes, the bottle floats away and eventually reaches his friends. And in response, Pooh and Christopher Robin rescue Piglet from an upside-down floating umbrella named the Brain of Pooh. And all is well. As an adult, this story remains to me a very charming one. But when I heard this story as a very young boy, it scared the heck out of me at first. I remember being so worried about Piglet in the tree that he might drown until my grandmother read that Piglet was rescued by his friends. And this story of Piglet is a gentle reminder to me and perhaps to each of us that in life we have times in which we feel like we are surrounded by water. Sometimes water that is just an inch or two deep and very manageable. At other times, water that is quite deep with waves that are frightening. In varying degrees, at various times, most of us experience worry and angst and fear. And this morning, I'd like to spend a few moments reflecting on such feelings, the times in which, like Piglet, we wonder what on earth is going to happen and how things will turn out in the end. Passages when we would like to be rescued or at least are seeking some release or relief. Worry, fear, angst, trepidation, fright, and other associated feelings can be found in stories throughout Scripture. They are, in fact, all over the place in Scripture, which serves as a good reminder that people, even people with solid, robust, resilient faith, sometimes experience worry, and fear. We are human, after all, and utterly need God. Well, to help us get started, I want to take a look briefly at just a few stories in Scripture that highlight fear. The first is one found in the first book of Kings. We encounter the story of the prophet Elijah, and Elijah was not only a smart fellow, but he was full of faith, he was strong, and he certainly was not a wimp. He was a giant of a figure in his day. Well, one day he challenged 450 prophets to a competition to determine whether their way 
or God's way was the right way. It was one person versus 450. And as the story goes, Elijah, with God's help, wins out, after which Elijah takes out the 450 prophets. Well, at the time, a fellow named Ahab was king of Israel, and he had a wicked wife named Jezebel. And when she found out what Elijah had done to the 450 prophets, she sent a message to Elijah that said, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you. And we're told that Elijah's response was fear. Despite his intimacy and faith in God. Then in the Gospel of Luke, we encounter the nice short little story of Mary and Martha. Jesus one day goes to Mary and Martha's house for a visit. And when he arrives, Mary plops down at Jesus' feet to hear what he has to say. She is clearly captivated by Jesus' words. Martha, on the other hand, kicks things into high gear in the kitchen in order to prepare a big dinner for the special guest. And hearing all the clanging and banging and clinking around coming from the kitchen, Jesus goes to Martha and says, My dear Martha, why are you so worried and afraid and upset over all of these details? In the story, Martha, despite being in the presence of Jesus himself, worries. And then one more in the book of Acts, Paul was in very deep water after putting lots of miles on his sandals, walking around the land surrounding the Mediterranean, planting churches. And one day he was arrested because of his teaching and his preaching. Lots of folks had had enough of Paul. They were angry. Well, Paul, after being arrested, ends up in a town named Caesarea, Roman headquarters. And it's there he goes through endless questioning. And while there, he goes before the governor named Felix. Felix asked Paul to share his story. So Paul shares his story, shares the story about Jesus over a period of several days. And this Felix was powerful. He had the world at his fingertips. He could have asked for and received anything. He had the complete support of the government and Rome. But we're told that this powerful, powerful Felix, after listening to Jesus, flips out and is afraid. There are countless stories in Scripture of people, whether or not the people in question had faith, who sometimes experienced fear, worry, fright, angst, and all the associated inner turmoil of such feelings. And then, like now, fear is a big part of our human experience. And I see it all over our lives and all over our country. Well, Jesus addressed fear and worry, as did God in many places. But in our reading today, Jesus addresses fear directly. And in our reading, Jesus is in the midst of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, his first of five big teachings in the Gospel of Matthew. And in speaking to a large crowd, Jesus gets into a variety of topics, including the topic of worry. And the bottom line message of Jesus in this little part of this long talk is do not worry. He goes on to say, don't worry about tomorrow either. 
live in the present moment and deal with tomorrow when tomorrow comes, but do not worry. And the word that Jesus used for worry in this passage means to divide. And that's one thing that worry does, isn't it? It divides our attention and our focus. It divides us from who we really want to be and who we want to be in the world. It causes us to be distracted in ways that deplete and enervate us. It knocks us off track. And given that the most frequent command, the most frequent command by far in all of Scripture is do not fear. Clearly fear and worry and angst are things God knows that many of us struggle with in varying degrees at varying times. God seeks to reassure those of us who sometimes worry by saying, do not fear over and over and over and over again. So for a few moments, I'd like to reflect upon, and I'll offer some thoughts about this whole subject. And what I would like to start with are some comments about the detrimental effects of worry and fear, many of which we are likely familiar with. Now, to be clear, some degree of worry in life is normal. Certainly so is fear. We worry and we fear because we care. We want things to work out for ourselves and those we love. We understand that bad things happen. We understandably worry and fear when we or others are threatened by something. We, we trust God in varying degrees and know that God wants the best for us, but we, we get that life is fragile and certainly nothing is permanent. But fear and worry can be totally exhausting. And when we worry or are filled with fear, we can lose perspective and focus on bad possibilities despite the positives that surround us. Fear and worry inhibit us from reaching our potential because we don't want to take chances or risks because of the fear. Fear and worry can diminish intimacy with others because such things hinder our, hinder our ability to engage in straight talk. We become afraid of saying what needs to be said. Fear and worry can facilitate really bad decisions a great example of this is in the first, the, in the first king of Israel is a fellow named Saul. Things are great at first. And the prophet Samuel, who facilitated Saul rising to power, was initially very supportive of Saul. But one day things go south. And Samuel and Saul get into some big conflict. And Samuel withdraws his support of Saul. And things heat up. And a fellow named David is named king, and things really heat, heat up. And then Samuel dies, and things get worse, and Saul is filled with teeth-chattering worry and fear. And he deals with his worry and fear by going to a witch, a medium, to call up spirits. It is a terrible decision, all driven by his fear. And fear and worry can cause us to resist what it is we need to change in our lives. We can lose sight of gratitude. We can end up hunkering down, hiding from life. And like a thief, fear and worry steals our joy. And at its worst, fear and worry can cause us to become manipulative in an attempt to quell that which is unleashing so much angst within. 
Well, while many of us are aware of these detrimental effects of fear, there's a flip side as well. You see, worry and fear can be some of life's greatest teachers. When we experience angst, if we're willing to turn into it and not away from it, if we can avoid stuffing and denying it, if we can rid ourselves of the notion that fear and worry is something that reflects deficiency or weak faith or something to be corrected, fear and worry can be teachers that lead us to a deeper sense of who we really are, make us more aware of things we need to work on or ways of being that are not serving us well. Fear and worry can lead us on a path in which we grow in resilience and wisdom and a greater ability to help other people. Fear and worry can propel us to change course in order to move back to the direction to which we know we are called. In essence, there are many gifts that come from fear and worry if we allow such experiences to teach us. Angst can compel us to seek God with more fervor and passion than we've ever known. Angst and fear can unleash a potent desire to connect with God, can set us on a renewed spiritual path and quest to be intimate with God, can prompt us to pray and turn to Scripture with zest. Fear and worry can lead us to the life-changing understanding of how much we need people, meaningful relationships with other people, that we should not live life as an independent entity. It's not what it's about. This theme of not living independently but interdependently is beautifully expressed in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Some of you know these words. Paul uses the image of a body to represent people. Paul writes, if the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of a body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell? But our bodies have many parts. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. All of us together are the body of Christ. Each of us is part of it. And here Paul uses this magnificent image of the human body to illustrate how we were made to be interdependent upon each other through thick and thin. And when we are worried and filled with fear and angst, it can remind us to become and go back to that place of interdependence upon people around us to make it through. Well, in addition to all this, fear and worry can highlight the doubts and questions we struggle with in our faith journey. This can be so positive to be honest with ourselves about our questions and about our doubts and to talk about them and to pray about them and to struggle with them. Angst can also highlight and fear can highlight that we need to change what we're focusing upon. There's a great little story about this that all of you know. Remember the story the disciples were in trouble on a massive lake far away from the land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves? And at about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified and fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. 
But Jesus spoke to them at once, do not be afraid, take courage, it is I. And then in this beautiful little snippet, Peter calls to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus says, come, Peter. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked across the top of the water as he looked at Jesus. But when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the wind and the waves, he sank and screamed out, save me, Lord. The story, in this story, the disciples are obviously full of fear at first. I would have been. They were afraid of the storm and what might do to them. They were afraid that they saw a ghost. And then there is Peter. Peter looks at Jesus and says, come along, Peter. And as long as Peter is looking at Jesus, all is fine. But when he shifts his focus away from Jesus to the storm, he freaks out. Peter's fear was clearly a learning opportunity for Jesus. As long as his focus was on Jesus, he was fine. But when his focus shifted from Jesus to the problem, he was unglued. And while cliche and spoken about many, by many people about this passage, Fear can teach us to keep our focus on God far more than the problems we are dealing with. There's more. Angst and fear and worry can teach us empathy and compassion towards others. The tough times, the scary times, the times in which we experience turmoil, such things can lead to bitterness or conversely to greater empathy and compassion toward others when they are enduring a nighttime of their own fear. And indeed, as I think about it, while I don't like fear, while I detest worry, these feelings can be gifts because they can teach us so much about ourselves, others, and God. And I'm not sure that I would trade any of the passages in life in which I've been full of fear from what I've learned through such times. With all this said, I want to wrap up with some very brief and perhaps obvious things to keep in mind. Now, there's a lot of literature out there in the mental health field about how to deal with fear and worry, and I'm not getting into that, but I just want to very briefly touch on the spiritual side of things. As I wrote about in our newsletter last week, I believe it's helpful to remember that life is like a painter's palette. That just like a palette has many different colors on it at the same time, generally speaking, we have coexisting realities in our lives happening at the same time. There is the good, the wonderful, and the joyful. But happening at the same time are often challenges and sources of worry and concern and hurdles. And when we worry or are filled with fear, it's so helpful to remember the image of the palette and to ask ourselves what other coexisting realities are happening aside from that which is bringing us fear and angst. Aside from this, Paul's words in his letter to the people of Philippi are so important to remember and to memorize and most importantly act upon. Paul writes, and you know these words, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and, and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. When we're afraid or worried, let us pour out our hearts. Pour. Visit, turn, visualize turning on a faucet on full. Pour out our hearts telling God what we need. Thank God for all the blessings. 
and when praying, delve into Scripture and the over 300 passages in which God tells us not to worry. And with regard to prayer, remember what Paul wrote to the people in Rome. He said, in essence, when we don't know what to pray, when we don't know how to pray, when we're so consumed that it's impossible to pray, remember that God's Holy Spirit is praying for us on our behalf with sighs too deep for words. Remember the image of the body in our interdependence. Remember to reflect back on passages in life that have been hard and the things that you've learned from such times. And finally, when we want to combat fear, remember to love with intention. When you're afraid and you're worried, tell God how much you love God. Tell others around you and engage actions, actions that reflect love. Love yourself with compassion. Act kindly toward yourself. Scripture says that love and fear are not compatible. That in fact, love casts out fear. When we are worried or afraid, keep the image of literally casting or tossing away fear through loving. As we near the end of 2021 in this very tumultuous time, I pray and hope that as the people of this chapel in these times, that we can together live out the words of the servant song. You know the words, and listen to them, and I pray this will continue to reflect who we are as a body of faith. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you? Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. We're pilgrims on a journey. We're travelers on a road. We're here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear. I will hold out my hand to you and speak the peace you long to hear. And I need the same from each of you. Amen.